Hey, listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and I'm excited today to introduce two friends who are going to have an awesome conversation that you and I are both going to listen to together. My partner and friend in ministry, Jana Magruder, recently sat down with Jamie Ivey to talk about kids and identity and finding their identity in Christ. For those of you who know Jamie Ivey, she needs no introduction. For those of you who may not know her yet, Jamie is a podcaster, writer, and speaker. She lives in Austin, Texas. She's a proud mother of four kids. Her husband, Aaron Ivey, is a worship pastor at the Austin Stone Community Church. And Jamie hosts her own weekly podcast called The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey that you should absolutely check out. Without further ado, let's listen into this awesome conversation between our own Jana Magruder and Jamie Ivey. Okay, everyone. I am so excited that Jamie Ivey is with us today. Jamie, welcome to Kids Ministry 101 podcast. Jana, thanks for having me. I love that you're here. Okay, before we get started, we have to acknowledge the fact that we are both from Austin, Texas. And I know people around here are tired of me telling them (laughs) how great Austin, Texas is. So can you please now tell them why it is the best city? Well, I also love that I recently ran into you in Austin, Texas. I mean, what are the odds of that? Because you don't even live here anymore. Uh, Austin, we've been here, Aaron and I, I think 13, 14, I don't know, years. And we love this place and hope that we never leave. Uh, The food, the people, the things to do. I mean, we were out to dinner last night, Jana, and... It was like eight o'clock and we look out our window and there had to have been at least a hundred, if not 150 people on bikes in costumes riding down the road. And I'm like, only in Austin. And I loved it. I I loved every minute of it. Oh my goodness. And so, okay, you're referring to us running into each other at the Austin City Limits Music Festival, which only has how many hundreds of thousands of people? Yes. Hundreds, it's so many people. And we ran into each other before George Strait, which was fabulous. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We are both headed to George Strait, the king of country. For those of you who don't know, you should know. Um, and, you know, it was kind of cool that he was there because he's really kind of an unlikely musician to be at this kind of music festival. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And it was my I think I saw him when I was in high school. I can't remember. But uh, it was a really great concert. So it was fun to see George and fun to see you in Austin, Texas. Aww. Thank you so much. I love getting to go back and go to ACL. I had to take my um, daughter, who's a freshman in college now. Um, it was her fall break, and it just worked out. But my brother had tickets, and we were able to go um, sort of last minute. But um, lots of good memories there because uh, we used to go every year. That's so perfect. It was fun running into you. Now, um, I mentioned the Happy Hour podcast, which um, is kind of one of the main things that you do. But I love the story of how you actually got into podcasting. And I want our listeners to hear this because it is so cool. Well, this is cool for you too, because you know, you know, the story, you know, this radio station in 2011, I was a stay at home mom parenting four kids. They were young. Um, not, I don't even think they were, no, they definitely were not all in school yet. And so a local radio station here in town had an open casting call for anyone to enter to win a spot on the morning show. Uh, Not like a guest, but like an actual job in the morning, Mm -hmm. go live at 6am. And I cannot even tell you why, I have no idea why, but I was at the corner of 183 and 35 over by neighborhood and I heard them talk about it and I just said, I'm going to do this. And so I did with zero 
expectations. I mean, literally zero expectations. I was a teacher. Like I know you were a teacher. I was a teacher before we had kids and always thought once the kids go back to school, I'll go back to teaching. I love teaching. And long story short, after months of, you know, competitions and voting, it was a voting contest. And then I made the top 10 and then I made the top five and then all five contestants got to come in for a day and I left my day. It was a Thursday. And I said, if nothing else, that was just the most fun. I mean, the most fun. And I ended up winning. And so I won a job. I became um, a co-host on a morning show here with Bob Cole, who's like, you know, famous in radio world here in Austin, Texas, Mm -hmm. and loved it. I mean, it was really, really fun and really thought I found like this unknown thing to me that I'll do for the rest of my life. And about four months in, I quickly realized that I needed to step back. Um, Well, I, I said quickly, not quickly. It was a rough four months. I had just two of our kids were born in Haiti and they'd only been home about a year. And so there was just a lot of transition at our house. Uh, I think I underestimated how much my kids needed me. And I went back to work and everything fell apart. And I was like, you guys, can y'all not get yourself together for a couple hours while mom is gone at work? And so I made the hardest, best decision ever to step down. But what that did, I mean, I look back now and I would have made that decision a hundred times over for my kids, obviously. Uh, But God is like, kind and he didn't have to but the trajectory that my life took was I now for the past seven years have been hosting my own podcast and it's just opened a lot of doors and created ministry opportunities and business opportunities and I could never have imagined that I would be sitting here talking to you on a podcast Uh, I would never would have thought that in a million years so amazing I I absolutely love that story and Bob Cole for those of you um, who want to know more about that famous uh, DJ he is uh, not only famous in Austin, but famous in Texas and really in the world of country music for all you Nashville people listening. And so it was a big deal. It wasn't just a little local morning show. It was a big deal. I remember actually, um, before I knew you, Jamie, listening to that Did you vote show. for me? Did you vote for me, Jana? <clears throat> I don't know if I actually voted, but I was rooting for you. It's because okay, we I made knew- it. Yep. We knew, um, we knew about, you know, you being a young mom, about your adoptions and things like that. And so, yes, in my heart, I was voting for you, cheering you on. And uh, it was just awesome. It was not long afterwards that I actually met you when I onboarded at Austin Stone. Yeah. And you may not know this, but the first time I remember meeting you is when you actually spoke at our training for kids ministry. And guys, listening. Um, Jamie was a phenomenal volunteer in kids ministry. So I know you love her already. I don't even remember speaking at a kids volunteer. Now I was a coach. Yeah. Like I was, I was head over the elementary age. I volunteered in kids ministry yep. for a long time. You did. Yep. It was awesome. Yeah. You just, you gave a little bit of a de- devotional and opened up a training. I think something like that. So oh, I just remember being so because um, guys, she's a pastor's wife and at a, at a very large church, she didn't have to, you know, roll up her sleeves and get into the mix of it. She wasn't just a volunteer. She was a coach and y'all know what that's like. So yeah, I just love that about you. So thank you for your service. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, tell us just a little bit more about your kids. You mentioned adoption. I want you to tell um, our listeners um, about your four kiddos. Yeah. So our oldest is a senior and you said you have a a daughter in college. And so we're Mm -hmm. on the, 
I mean, it's like every day. It's just like this clock is ticking. We're at the end here of this season of life. So our oldest is a senior and he's actually our only biological son. And then behind him, we have our two boys who are both sophomores in high school. One at this moment is 16 and one is 15. And then our daughter is in eighth grade and she is 13, almost 14. So we're in the throes of teenage teenage years. And uh, Aaron, my husband and I love teenagers. Uh, Aaron was in student ministry a long time ago when we first got married. Uh, and so parenting teenagers has been the most fun and the most terrible at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. and, and I would say that if my kids were right here in the room, and I don't mean that mm-hmm. against them, it's really hard to be a teenager these days. It's really yes. hard. I think it's always been hard, but it's really hard to be a teenager. And so hormones and emotions and friends and life and all kinds of things. But we really enjoy our kids uh, for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. For the most part. <laughs> I love that. Um, yes, I love seeing your Instagram stories. If y'all follow her on Instagram, you can see... She's a great poster of just um, poster of, of stories. And you can get a little behind the scenes of the Ivy kids and Aaron. And I love how y'all cook together and, um, you know, live out there in the country and things like that. It's really fun how you how you tell a story with that. Um, well, and you. your daughter's name is Story. And she's one of the stars of your stories. She is the star of Instagram. <laughs> if people would want her to have her own Instagram page. And we're not there yet, but just wait. <laughs> Totally, totally. She's awesome. All right. So you mentioned um, sort of the trials at the same time as the joys of parenting teenagers. Um, tell me about some of the things, some of the issues you're seeing um, our kids of all ages face yeah. today in our culture. Yeah. I mean, I, sometimes I find myself wondering, was it this hard when we were in high school? Mm-hmm. And a part of me is like, Sh- I'm sure that it was. And and then there's the the gift of forgetting that we don't remember, yeah. you know, the difficult <laughs> things, things that we went through. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, a lot of like, I mean, the teenage years, I mean, 13, even those early 20s, just it is the things that are difficult right now is that there is this constant pressure um, to be a certain way, look a certain way, act a certain way. And Jana, if I'm honest, like I think you and I probably feel this tension some ways in our own lives. It just looks different and plays out different. We have a little bit more maturity under our belt so we can either hide it better or fight it better, whichever way that we are growing in our in our spiritual life at that moment. But I think there's a lot of pressure for kids um, to fit in, to be a certain way, look a certain way. And I do think that that was true for us, for sure, when we were in yeah. high school and college and middle school. But and as much as I love social media, we have to, I have to acknowledge the difficultness that it brings to teenagers' lives of this false reality that they're looking at. I mean, even just now when you said you love following me on Instagram because you see all these great stories, all the great things. Well, that's what Instagram is. It's all the great things, you know. Right. It doesn't include, you know, the the counseling sessions, the marital fights, the kids storming out of the door, breaking a window. If that I'm not saying that happened in my house, but maybe <laughs> someone else else is listening. So it doesn't include things like that. And mm-hmm. so we have our teenagers then looking at other teenagers. Greatness, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. And then thinking my life is not worth living. I have terrible parents. I have terrible body. I have terrible everything because it doesn't look like that. And so. I don't have a solution to that other than it helps for us to acknowledge it and talk about it. Uh, but I think that is one of the major things that's hard for kids right now is trying to be something that they see somebody else being. Yes. And clearly you have a heart for this topic because you have, you've written a book for women about this topic. So UBU is the title of that. 
Um, tell us about that title because it's kind of um, it's kind of tricky because it almost sounds like a lifestyle kind of book, but I know it's much much deeper. Tell us about that. You know, it's funny because uh, you're in this world, so you understand this. But picking a book title is like I feel like it's like <laughs> naming your kid, but even more difficult and even like more long lasting. And so we went round and round with the title for that book. And the premise of UBU is this idea of me really encouraging women to, to, to kind of rise up, to be the woman that God has created them to be, not to be like her, not to have her gifts, not to have her life, but literally to look at the life that God has given her, the gifts, the talents, the places he's put her and say, just be yourself, like be you. And, um, the title, we, we got a little pushback even in the creating of it. And I'm thankful that the publishers, um, let me go with it for sure. But I think it is a little confusing to people because it can sound like, well, you just get to do whatever you want. Forget what God says. Be whoever you want to be. Don't doesn't matter who he created you to be. And the book is not that at all. It's more of this like, hey, actually, you serve a creator who's created you with a purpose and you serve a creator who was intentional in the way he created you. And so really talking about getting rid of of jealousy and comparison and all the things that I just said all the teenagers are fighting and so are people in our age group as well. And so that's what UBU is all about, is really asking and encouraging women to say, be the woman that God's created you to be because you have a purpose and you ha- and you offer something to the kingdom. Like you, you bring something to the table. Uh, I think a lot of women think they don't have anything to contribute. She does. She's better. Look at what she's doing. And really... Man, if we if we trust God's word, then we have to see that he's he's a good God who's created good things. And he says every single person matters to the kingdom. Yes, it's it's such a profound message and so timely and needed today. Mm -hmm. Um, I can tell that that passion is probably what drove you to write this kid's book. That's along the same message. Tell us about God made you to be you. Yeah, it is a play off of that. As soon as I turned in the manuscript for that adult book, I could not shake this one story that I put in the book about a time where my husband, Aaron, and I went up to northern Arizona. And uh, it's in the book, UBU. But the story goes that we were driving up from Phoenix to northern Arizona. And we saw those ginormous cacti, you know, the squaro cacti. Mm -hmm. And then as we got to northern Arizona, we didn't see them anymore. And we were out on a, a little pink Jeep tour And the guide brought that up and said, did anyone notice that you don't see these up here? And I I was like, I noticed, like I am fully aware because it was something I was wondering. And he said, the reason you don't see them here is because they can't survive here. They were never intended to grow in Northern Arizona. And in UBU, that whole concept for me was like, man, how many times do I want to be someone God never intended me to be? How many times do I want to do something that God never intended me to do? Like, I want to bypass everything he's given me to do what she's doing. And so I put that story in there. And after I turned in the book, I thought, how cute would it be to have a kid's book with a cactus? And so I would not have called myself a kid's book author. I mean, I'm an accidental author. I told you I started this whole thing by winning a DJ contest. <laughs> and so, but I pitched it to the publishers and um, actually B&H and told them this whole idea and the idea was there's this cactus and his name is Sammy and he looks around at all of his friends who are all animals and he sees the amazing things they can do. They can run and they can skip and they can they can slither and they can fly. And he says that he doesn't have anything they can do. So he does. He doesn't have a purpose. 
and uh, his friends rally around him and they say, you know, that's not true. Let me tell you all the things that you can do. And by the end, Sammy realizes, you know what? It is true. God made me to be me and you to be you. And that concept for little kids to me was so important because if I'm still writing about this because I think women need it. And usually we write about things that are overflow of our own heart. So if I'm still needing this message and I think women are still needing this message, what if we started this message way early with our little kids, you know, and really got to show them and tell them that you do have a purpose. Um, And that's, that's where this whole kids book came from. Well, I absolutely love it. And I'm just going to read a little line at the end. Um, Like she said, the main character, y'all, is a cactus. And he is precious. His name is Sammy. And he has all of these other little friends of the desert. So there's a rabbit, a turtle, a dove, and um, is there a coyote? There's not a coyote. There's a coyote. coyote. Uh There is a coyote. Okay. Um, And yeah, there he is. I see him. And um, he just wants to do some of the things that they get to do. And he's wondering why, you know, he can't do that. And so um, the pictures are precious. The illustrator just knocked it out of the park. Knocked it out of the Um, park. Yes. Absolutely love it. Um, And so Sammy at the end says, yes, I am sticky and stuck. What a great way to be. I'm here for a reason. The Lord planted me. I don't soar or slither. I can't creep or fly. But my friends have now helped me to understand why. We each have a purpose that's easy to see. God made you to be you and me to be me. And that's how that's how it ends. Now, you listeners need to pick it up and and see the whole message unfold because it is so um, it rhymes. And so it's super easy to read aloud and um, for preschoolers, especially to hold and the um, there's it's a board book. So it has sturdy pages and things like that. So you will want if you are ministering to preschoolers and younger elementary kiddos, you're going to want to get some of these for your classrooms, your ministry spaces. Um, And then tell your parents about it as well. It needs to be on the bookshelf because it is such a profound message for kids today. And if we as adults know that we struggle with comparison culture and grass is greener and all of those things, if we can get a hold of those kinds of things, those truths that um, God wants us to bloom where we're planted, I think you say, Jamie, at some point, um, bloom where you're planted because We want kids to know that they are uniquely designed image bearers that have special gifts to glorify God with. And it's those gifts are for them. And so, um, yes, it's such a great, it's such a great message, um, for, uh, parents too. And y'all know how children's books work. The parents read them and they get the message. So I agree. I agree. Yeah. And you know what? I read this book recently at a private Christian school here in town and uh, to all their elementary chapel kids. And I mean, even those fifth graders were like intent on listening. And I think sometimes we overestimate, oh, this is a kid's book. This is for little kids, you know, but the message is so profound. Um, and I don't think there's one kid that would say they haven't looked around and felt different in some way, in some way they're feeling yep. different and you know, I think different is not bad. I think different's beautiful. And so we get to be facilitators as parents, as, as ministry leaders of really helping kids see that what you think is different is actually beautiful, that God's created you that way. Absolutely. Um, so back to like preteens, I think that ministry leaders, if you have preteens in your mix, um, 
I absolutely still think this book is for them too, because you can get them to go read it to the younger um, ages or like Jamie said, just read it aloud to them. You can make it feel, you know, silly and ironic or whatever, but I think that they'll end up getting that message and it is such a good one. So think about that as you are collecting books for your ministry and children's ministry. Um, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, it's really a treat to get to hear from you. Would you come back sometime? I'll always come back. And um, Jana didn't tell you this, but I was super late to this interview. So thank you for your <laughs> kindness and graciousness towards me. Um, I, you know, you know, I served in kids ministry forever. And I just have a heart for people who are willing to show up every single week uh, to love on kids because some of the kids in your ministry don't have people at home telling them the things you're telling them. So I'm just like so thankful mm-hmm. for everyone that's listening and the work they're doing in their churches and communities. That's awesome. Thank you for that encouragement and come back soon. And until then, go enjoy some tacos for me and for everybody else listening, because y'all have the best tacos and um, hug Austin for me. Thanks, Jana. Thanks, Jamie.